COVID-24, Part 4, by Tom Prohl. You are now leaving Freedom Town, read a graffitied stenciled sign as Ahmed and Peter approached the exit for the 400 South. Well, that was a weird red pill, Peter said, behind the wheel of the cramped Nissan Volt. He felt a nervous jolt through his body as he glanced at the empty driving driver's seat of an oncoming transport truck. Autonomous Tesla 18-wheelers had been on the roads under a year. Yep, plugging back into the Matrix, Ahmed replied as he leafed through the reclaimed party brochure. The adrenaline rush of the Tesla truck scare was wearing off. Speaking of red pills, hand me one of those Vivants, Peter said, instantly reflecting on what was an impulsive request. Okay, but there's no turning back, Ahmed said, half in jest. And you're going to be up half the night, so no gooning with my VR headset. <laughs> you wish, Ahmed. The next morning, Peter awoke after a restless sleep. He had spent several hours the night prior arguing with an Australian researcher on R forward slash lab rats about helper T cell stimulation and immune persistence for COVID vaccines. One of the challenges of using more immunogenic vectors, like the adenovirus, is that it can trigger autoimmune responses, such as Guillain-Barre syndrome, where the body attacks its own nervous system. Images of partially paralyzed vaccine victims were used as anti-vaccination propaganda. Peter felt paralyzed. What a waste of dopamine, he thought to himself. He slid a Parkinsonian arm out of the blanket to pick up a crystal violet stained pair of pants laying on the floor next to his bed. Peter dressed himself under the blankets as the floorboard heaters didn't maintain his room much above 20 degrees Celsius. Peter thought of using one of Ahmed's COVID coin servers to make a, as a makeshift space heater, and the buzz of the cooling fan might provide a nice white noise. Dressed, he dragged himself to the kitchen, put a 5 milliliter dropper of caffeine solution on his tongue, and downed a protein shake. Arriving at the Robarts vaccine lab, Minutes later, he buzzed himself in for another long day. He had a meeting with the principal investigator at his lab, Dr. John Plebman. Dr. Plebman was a PhD in virology who had developed a reputation in the aughts for his work with PrEP for HIV. A study of retroviruses was apt for Dr. Plebman because his best work was behind him. However, he was collaborating with a young whippersnapper, Dr. Dong Wong, who had, recently who had recently been poached from Harvard. Dr. Wong had helped develop an ex vivo human immune system, complete with antibody-forming B cells suspended in growth media. Peter's lab was running high-throughput assays, exposing this ex vivo immune system to virus to help isolate antibodies, which might be helpful for vaccine development. Peter entered Dr. Pledman's office. Predictably, Dr. Pledman was working on a grant proposal which was how he occupied most of his time. He was a thin man in his early 70s who perpetually smelled of stale coffee. He wore a threadbare, threadbare Banana Republic cardigan and was generally genteel and pleasant. Have a seat, Peter. Moments later, Dong Wong entered the office. He had a Tupperware with cut up hot dog in it and, a ste and steaming rice, which he shoveled in his mouth as he entered the room. Dong embodied pragmatism and efficiency and wasted no time, not even with chewing. Cytokines arrived, Dong said, with a mouth half full. 
the ex vivo antibody production will increase twofold with cytokine stimulation. As usual, Dong seem, seemingly pulled these numbers out of thin air. Wonderful, Dong, replied Dr. Plebman. Plebman had once told Peter that, as a scientist, you're partly in the bu business of selling a story. That stuck with him. Peter felt somewhat yucky when Plebman displayed willful ignorance about the lack of scientific rigor Dong demonstrated. The gene tech people want your ex vivo platform rolled out for all of Toronto labs. This is a fantastic opportunity for collaboration, and I'm sure you'll represent us well, Dong. No problem, was Dong's curt response as he shuffled pieces of hot dog around his dish. Peter Dong and Dr. Plubman proceeded to review the prior week's results with effective antibodies from his ex vivo units binding to ACE2 receptors binding site on the viral capsid. Cloning these antibodies and proving high affinity for the ACE2 receptor in pull-down studies had been more challenging. There was still work to be done. As the meeting was wrapping up, Dong approached Dr. Plegman, requested the lab credit card to purchase Ethereum coin. The cytokine supplier was in Wuhan, a city which had become an international hub for COVID research. English was the lingua franca in the research realm, and it wasn't unusual to have a closer collaboration with labs on the other side of the world than on the other side of the state or province. Years of quarantine, coupled with partisanism, had led to isolationism, not just within countries, but even within states or cities. For example, Texas and Alberta had all but seceded from their respective nations. Wuhan and Toronto might be closer in terms of their energy, economic, and COVID policies than Toronto and Calgary. Cultural ambassadors like Dong Wong made the exchange of goods and ideas even easier. There were many connects that resented this. To them, it was part of the globalist agenda rather than the consequence of local public health policies and purchasing power. Smaller provinces like Newfoundland had basically resigned themselves to herd immunity as they lacked the local infrastructure and supply chain for vaccine development and distribution. When resources are scarce, people become selfish the Ontario, the Ontario voter was not interested in bailing out the Newfies. Dong took Dr. Plebman's credit card and shot a sideways glance at Peter as he exited the meeting. Well, I, I better get to it, said Dr. Plebman with a pleasant smile. These grants won't write themselves. As Peter walked back to the lab, he had skeptical thoughts about the effectiveness of Dong's sprinklings from cytokines in the ex vivo unit which was optimized by world-class scientists at Thermo Scientific. Peter decided he would take a detour to the Ramsey Wright Laboratory to peek at the ex vivo apparatus housed in the basement floor. Peter scanned into the room. The smell of liquid agar filled his, his nostrils. The room was maintained at 37 degrees and had a tropical humidity. Dong was standing ominously above the ex vivo unit, which, to all appearances, was a massive 20 by 20 vat of viscous fluid divided into smaller chambers. Dong smiled, incubating my baby. <laughs> the laugh was forceful and a bit menacing. What's up, Dong? I'm, I'm just poking my nose around. I wanted to see the ex vivo in action, Peter paced. The humidity of the lab condensing on his forehead. Sounds like we're going to be supplying a lot of labs with antibodies, eh? That's a big responsibility. It's big money, replied Dong. I hope it's a good day for Ethereum. I'll be buying 100,000K worth. 
Dong said as he looked at the digital monitors, indicating the status of the ex vivo. You know, my roommate, Ahmed, does something with Ethereum. He runs servers that help with the coin exchanges. He might be able to get a deal versus the money changers at the bank. Dong's eyes lit up. Okay, well, give me his number. I'm glad we're on the same page and on the same team. We are both full professors in five to ten years if we stick together. <laughs> yeah, sure thing, Dong. Peter joined Ahmed back at the Chinatown apartment. Ahmed was placing a bowl of baked beans in the microwave, caked with splatter from previous bean bowls. Lol, your, your colleague called. He wants 10K worth of Ethereum today. That's a whole lot of Adderall, Peter laughed. We have a reagent supplier from Wuhan who accepts Ethereum, apparently, replied Peter. Ahmed smirked. I guess so. Dong seems like a bit of a hack when it comes to coin, and he asked to arrange a deposit to an anonymous e-wallet. I'd tell him to keep a receipt, but there won't be one. Dong won't be returning anything, replied Peter. He staked his career on the reagent that is supposed to make the ex vivo machine. You know that thing that makes the antibodies? Yeah, make it more efficient. Well, I'd hope so at 10k. Ahmed spooned a pile of beans toward Peter's mouth while making an airplane sound. Peter obliged and opened his mouth. He was hungry and exhausted. I'll eat up any bullshit you spoon feed me, man, Peter said with a mouth full of beans. Well, Ahmed replied, be advised that 10k to an anonymous e-wallet is sketchy. Smells like fraud to me.